WTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Tornado ripping through Kansas, damaging some 100 buildings in the Wichita area. Several injuries, no reports of any fatalities. Small town of Andover hit especially hard. Firefighters battling blazes in the southwest as more residents are preparing to evacuate in northern New Mexico. The biggest fire in the U.S. Friday was just east of Santa Fe, now covering 117 square miles. Some 1,000 firefighters still on the scene there. Serbia has displayed a recently delivered sophisticated Chinese anti-aircraft missile system at an event at a military airport near Belgrade. That's raising concerns in the West and among Serbia's neighbors. An arms buildup in the Balkans could threaten fragile peace in that region. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas sees solutions to the problem. New York, since Michael Bloomberg left office, because he was sort of continuing the Giuliani policies, Mm -hmm. since he left office, things have been going downhill in New York. This is not rocket science. It's really, it's fixable. That's the horror to me of places like Chicago. It's fixable. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. From the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Mother's Day is coming up on May eighth, so it's time for our annual two K for Mother's Day giveaway. Enter once a day for a chance to win your mom two grand. Drop by AM twelve eighty, the Patriot for details and to register. Rainy day today with a high of fifty five degrees, overnight low of forty six. More rain into Sunday with a high of forty eight. You're listening to AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. <laughs> now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that's making talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Almost 18 years dominating Twin Cities weekend talk radio, which really means dominating Twin Cities media, whether the rest of the media knows it or not. Myself, Brad Carlson, every Sunday from 1 to 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Jack Tomzak coming up just an hour out here right now, uh, the new guy, and his show, uh, coming up here on AM 12A, The Patriot, 3 to 5 every Saturday, uh, continuing the uh, long-standing tradition of the Saturday of Awesome Red Meat Conservative Talk. Of course, King Banyan, part of that tradition over on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, uh, the King Banyan radio show every Saturday mornings, the best show in America, ergo the world, on the subject of economics. That's his turf, and no one covers it as well. Me, I'm just Mitch Bird. Uh, my blog, shotinthedark.info, that uh, was one of the blogs that started this whole experiment in talk radio almost 18 years ago. Still chugging along on February 5th. It'll be the 20th anniversary of me sitting down and just about every weekday morning and some of the weekend mornings for this last 20 years putting out the best content 
I can. Five days a week of show prep for my two hours a week of dominating the media. That's what I do. Uh, you can join us, by the way, uh, on uh, Facebook, on the uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. If you'd like to see the live stream as uh, Bernadette and Brent and a few other people are right now uh, checking us out live via the, uh, the live stream. Uh, Brent in St. Paul, Bernadette in, I don't know where exactly, Bernadette, but hey, Brent, uh, Bernadette, great to have you tuned in via the live stream. Great to have you all tuned in via AM 12A The Patriot or FM 107.5 in the West Metro or AM 12A The Patriot.com or our various streaming apps, Odyssey, Radio.com, iHeart, the AM 12A The Patriot app. And if you're listening later on via the Miracle of the Podcast, hey, a belated hello to all of you. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We do it because someone has to. At any rate, I, I've i been doing radio for a depressingly long time. I mean, it's not depressing that, uh, that I've been doing radio for a long time. Well, some radio jobs were pretty depressing, uh, like when I was trying to play DJ for a few years there. Boring. I mean, once I discovered talk radio, spinning records, just never, never did it for me again. But uh, I know it's depressing because, of course, I'm of an age where I can say I've been in radio this long. How long? 42 years here, folks, uh, since and on and off, honestly. I mean, let's be honest here and accurate. I went 14 years, no, 12 years without setting foot in a radio station at one point before the Narn started and 16 years without doing a talk show of any kind. So yeah, there's some on and off there. But most of my adult life, starting at age 15, I've spend at least part of my week in some kind of radio station or another for some form of income usually. And, you know, there's ups and downs. And when you're working, you know, my first seven years of my radio career were all in small town, six years, six years of my radio career were all in small town stations in uh, rural North Dakota. And there's a lot of things to enjoy about doing small town radio. I mean, you learn a little bit of everything in the business. I mean, I in, in my six years of doing small town radio, I was a disc jockey. I was a play-by-play guy. I did commercial production. I, I did a little sales. I was a music director when I was 19. I did a little bit of every, everything but station manager, salesman, and engineer. I, I had every other job you can have in a radio station before I was 22. And... The best part of all, I mean, there were a lot of fun parts and a lot of deadly dull parts and some parts that were just as dysfunctional as could be, like, I don't know, when I was working at one radio station and bellhopping at a Holiday Inn in college and the alcoholic who managed the radio station ran into the alcoholic at the hotel bar, the alcoholic boss, uh, my alcoholic boss in the hotel bar, and they got into a fight, and I had to eject both of my alcoholic bosses simultaneously. That was a less fun part of small-town radio. But there were fun parts. And my favorite part of all was tornado warnings and severe thunderstorm warnings. Heavy weather, which probably seems counterintuitive to you. But there was something about just sort of the crackle and the buzz of the ozone in the air. And importance. Uh, not importance, but better word might be purpose. Uh, floating through the air, the, the increasingly urgent warnings that came from the National Weather Service down the wire and eventually from the police and the sheriff, you know, these, these terse little phone calls where they say, yeah, we got a tornado near town heading towards town. Uh, do what you got to do. And, and, and I did. I remember my, my favorite, favorite, my craziest example, when I, I look back and think, man, you must have been 19 at the time, and I was. 
I was working in a little town in a town of a uh, station, 500-watt station in a town of 2,000 people. Gee, boy, do I feel like a codger right now. I was working at a little tiny station in a town of about 2,000 people. It was a weekday afternoon, probably about 1 o'clock, and there was weather coming in. We could see it out the window, and I was looking out the glass window of the studio. We'll come back to that. And we got a call from the police, the local police, saying there's a tornado two mi- on the ground two miles south of town headed north. Uh, do what you do. And, of course, I went through. The rest of the staff got into the basement. And I sat in that studio behind the glass window looking out onto Main Street. And I did my tornado pattern. Seek shelter. Get into a ditch. Don't be sitting in your trailer house. Get into your storm shelter. Get into your basement. Get into an interior room. All the usual storm stuff. You've, you've all heard it. And I was looking out the glass window. And I saw the funnel clouds circling overhead, a couple hundred feet up probably. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And probably something I would regret terribly in any other circumstances. But it passed overhead. And I listened to the tape afterwards because I had a tape rolling. Because you always have a tape rolling when you're in music radio. It's a country western station. And I didn't miss a beat. I just kept pattering on there. And I, may have, I observed that there was a funnel cloud over downtown Carrington. But it was not in the horror. There's a funnel cloud. No, I didn't skip a beat. And I'm thinking, if 19-year-old Mitch didn't skip a beat, I can guarantee you that Mitch at age would. (laughs) No, I'd be down. And by the way, I should say that doing a tornado warning from someplace like AM 1280 with the studio in the basement, dreamy, perfect. We could ride out a zombie apocalypse down here. This is this studio was built during the Cold War to be a place you could broadcast from with radiation outside. So tornado, pff, nothing. I would I could go through a hurricane down here. Haven't had to, but I could. Anyway, it seems counterintuitive, but there's something about being on the air during a tornado warning, especially when you're a, I don't know, a tall, gawky, greasy-haired, not very well coordinated kid with not a whole lot of athletic talent in a town that idolized the basketball team, it didn't hurt me and my 15, 16, 17-year-old, 19-year-old ego to know that all over town, people were listening like their lives depended on it. They were listening to me, little old Mitch, Bruce Berg's son. Suddenly, I'm not Bruce Berg's son. I'm the guy on the radio with the news, the reliable news that was up to the second as far as we knew it. And it was a buzz. It was a rush. It was awesome. It was some of the most memorable nights of my life were when tornadoes were busting out all over the place and it's after dark and it's pitch black and it's scary as all get out. Unless you're there with all the information and your job is to get it out to people. And that was fun. Some of the best nights of my my young life before the age of 22 were spent talking about tornadoes on the air and passing the news along from the weather service, from the AP, from the county sheriff, from the city police, from people calling and saying, hey, Mitch, there's a tornado run across my North 40. Where are you at? It's the best. I can see why people, thrill seekers, skydivers and black diamond skiers and people who do dangerous stuff for fun keep coming back to it because it's fun the kind of fun I probably would think twice about at age in a way that I didn't when I was 19, but fun. Because, yeah, it was a blast and it mattered. Now, when the warning was over, 
I, and the rest of Stutzman County or Foster County or whatever county I was working in at the time went back to normal life, and so did I. I didn't keep telling people to stay in their basements when the, the storm had passed and the warning was over because as much as I enjoyed knowing that people were paying attention and, let's be honest, more importantly, that I could deliver what they were tuning in for and with a certain amount of style, there were other things in life and you moved on and you didn't i didn't need the state of crisis to keep giving me artificial value and unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that can't say that covid has brought out a strain in a small but very social social socially prominent group of people that get their self-worth from crying wolf that say from saying the sky is falling I'm not just talking about the media. I mean, it's a given that they're going to make hay out of crises and pandemics and riots uh, to make themselves more relevant. And yeah, it's not that different than 16-year-old Mitch feeling more relevant for the first time in his young, athletically incompetent life by passing on tornado warning news to, to people who needed it. Uh, CNN, the Star Tribune, National Public Radio, Minnesota Public Radio, they all get more listeners, they get more eyeballs, they sell more papers when they've got a crisis to talk about. Just as tornadoes made my pattern more important to more people than the usual diet of local sports and, and I don't know, Rupert Holmes records that occupied 95% of the time at these little stations. CNN, NPR, The Strib, Channel 4, when they've got a crisis to talk about, their ratings go up, their sales increase, their ad rates rise. It's not adrenaline, it's money. The two greatest drugs there are, adrenaline and money. So, yes, of course they're going to run with crisis, but I'm not talking about the media here. I'm talking about your regular work-a-daddy, hug-a-mommy, usually but not always, but usually left-of-center types to whom being the harbinger of doom brings meaning to their lives, and it's to them that much of big public health's message is being delivered. There was a great Twitter uh, thread this past week by a fellow named John Hayward, who I wind up reading a lot on the show because he's got great material, usually right when I need it. And he wrote this past week on January 11th, you don't need elaborate psychological theories to explain coronavirus mania. You don't need much more than social media plus political tribalization to explain 80% of it. But if you want to go deeper, consider the dissonance between regular people and crisis addicts. Most people want normal life to return. They want the crisis to be over. They're looking for an exit ramp. They do not like feeling helpless, so they will eagerly seize upon any proposal that appears to give them the tiny bit of power. They really want to trust the lavishly funded experts. And those people on, on social media or in the checkout line at Target or in the, in the comments section remind me of the kids who, who the, the normal people. But this is about the people who are addicted. Sort of like if you can be a social drinker and have no problem. If you're an alcoholic, alcohol causes problems in your life and the lives of people around you. Crisis addicts, same idea. I was a social crisis person. The crisis addicts, well, they are a huge problem in all of our lives right now. And it's to them I'm going to be talking the rest of this hour. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You run a small business, but who's running your HR? Do you have an HR manager? When's the last time you had an HR audit? Do your employees take workplace safety training? My last question to you is this. What are you waiting for? One complaint against your company can turn your world upside down. I'm Alan Jones, and I created Bambi specifically for small business. All so you can put your HR on autopilot. With Bambi's HR autopilot, you'll automate the most important HR practices, like HR policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. And you'll get a dedicated HR manager not for 80 grand a year, but yes, for $99 a month. We're here to help you navigate the most complex parts of your HR, available by phone, email, and real-time chat. And here's what I'm the most proud of. Bambi customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them, which is why Bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com info today for your free HR audit. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash info. Bambi.com info. Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted with Salem Surround. Let us help your website bring you the leads your business needs to thrive. Let's make sure people find you faster and easier on the web. Our amazing team of media strategists are here to serve you with boots on the ground and real-world expertise. We live right here and know the communities you're trying to reach. We're media strategists, and we're very, very good at what we do. So let's grow together. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join us. Hey, don't forget, we've uh, a couple months ago put out a call for uh, listeners like you to submit your favorite recipes. We ended up with hundreds of delectable entries, and we've compiled the best of the best into the world's greatest recipes, Volume 1, available now for free at am1280thepatriot.com. Oh, I am so there. It's just amazing. Just go to the fan club page, click on freebies to access the 122-page digital download. That's a lot of recipes. Take your next dinner to Michelin star level or just try something new to help your family lunchtime. Keep it fresh. You'll find listener submissions as well as some tasty entries from our favorite authors, radio hosts, and friends like Phil and Kay Robertson, Shelley Rushing Tomlinson, Andrew Farley, the family of John MacArthur, and much more. Go to am12athepatriot.com, click on the freebies, and uh, we would love to make you happy if you are. 
or whomever. You don't have to be a girl like you or, or anyone else. Just uh, chat. if you like to cook, as I indeed do. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, 651-289-4488. The number to call. You can also get your commentary into me via Twitter or Gab or MeWe or Parlor or Getter via the hashtag uh, NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N Show. Operators are standing by both places. The operator today uh, being, instead of G-Money, the normal uh, producer we are we've been uh, we've had for the last uh, almost a year now I suspect. Uh, of course, we've got uh, Sean the Egan Underboss uh, running uh, things today. In uh, while uh, G Money is off on assignment here, that's right, Sean. You just earned yourself a nickname. You've joined the ranks of nicknamed producers, not just an anonymous face behind the glass. It's a big step. Spend that social capital wisely, there, Sean. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. He, Sean the Egan Underboss is the operator who is standing by right now, 651-289-4488. So we're talking before the break about crisis, the addiction to crisis. And it's interesting. We had another, Sean, on the show probably six, seven months ago talking about uh, addiction. He's a licensed addiction counselor. And he, he talked about one of, one of the things that, that brings addiction is, is you, you get addicted to dopamine. Dopamine is the pleasure and pain hormone it's something your endocrine system puts out whenever something pleasurable happens it's it's the little buzz you get when something you enjoy happens whether it's acing a test or or having a really sublime cocktail or some good food uh or having a little bit of self-importance come along and make you feel like you're the king of the world for a little bit i am absolutely certain that that when i was the center of the world, in a, at least a very small corner of the world, during a tornado warning when I was 17 years old, I was high on dopamine. And, and when the dopamine high ended, I came down and went on with my life. But dopamine is an addictive substance. People need it. Our society is full of it. And, of course, the thing with dopamine is whenever you have... The, the pleasure response that you get from your shot of dopamine, from whatever it is, whatever little bit of joy that gives you the dopamine, there is the displeasure, the pain that comes along with it. And our society today is not used to pain. We have so much dopamine in our lives from so much stimulation that we get from entertainment, from video games, from from good days, for, for all the experience in our lives that we enjoy, we have a lot more of them than people are wired to have. We talked about this on the show a few months ago. And when you're used to having a lot of positive, you really want to keep the negative out of your way. And by God, this last couple of years have had negatives for an awful lot of people. And that feeling that you can keep that little dopamine rush going from being the, the, the Karen who <laughs> enforces the rules during this crisis is becoming an addictive response. Now, that's if you're just someone standing in line at Target saying, hey, you're supposed to stay six feet back and wait until she sanitizes the, the conveyor belt before you put your groceries on. That was literally an exchange I had back in uh, May of 2020 with a rather desiccated little woman in the line at, uh, the, in, the, in the checkout line at Target in Shoreview. That was it. Uh, no, but no, it was October, October 2020. After I'd spent a day uh, in a in a long-term care facility having to put up with that, it was not pleasant. Now, you combine that with the dopamine that comes with being in power, and you get some ugliness. 
And by the way, just in addition to the, the addictiveness of, of wielding power, there is the, uh, the, the, let's just say, lack of foresight that goes along with following certain fads, trends in the world of being in power. One example I love to throw out there, before 9-11, this is an example that I, I love to throw out there. Before 9-11, in the city of New York, really every city that had lots of skyscrapers, the conventional wisdom from the powers that be was if there was an emergency, a fire, for example, in a skyscraper, the best course of action was to stay where you were, in your desk, in your cubicle, in your office, in your, in your boiler room, whatever you were doing. Stay there until the authorities told you what to do. Because the assumption was that people in crisis, turn into panicky cattle. They will stampede each other in the stairwells. There will be pandemonium worse than the fire. And it happens. Some of the worst tragedies are, are in some notable tragedies, I should say, are when people panic and trample each other. It happens. Happened at a hip-hop concert in, in Houston just a few months ago. It happened at a Who concert in 1979. It, it happened. It happened at a, at a great great white concert in, in Rhode Island a few years ago when a fire broke out on stage and people trampled each other trying to get away from the fire. It, it happens, but it's rarer than you might think. My favorite example, 9-11. After years of being told, if there's a fire, you should stay put until the authorities tell you what to do, the planes hit the World Trade Center on the morning of September 11th. Perhaps you've heard about it. It was all all the papers for the last 20 years now. And the people in the skyscraper, sure enough, according to plan, the public address systems that were left in these skyscrapers said everyone should stay in their seats and wait for the authorities to tell them what to do. Well, people aren't stupid. Some people are stupid. All people are stupid sometimes. Some people are stupid all the time. But not everyone is stupid all the time. People looked out and saw burning skyscraper next door or debris falling past them. And they thought, this is not normal. And even though the, 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 throughout the World Trade Center, all the World Trade Center towers, the loudspeakers are coming on saying, stay at your desks until you're told what to do by the authorities. People organized themselves and evacuated the towers below the points of impact very successfully. The 3,000 people who died that day were tragic as every last one of them were mostly above, uh, uh, in addition to the fire and police who were rushing into the fires, can't forget that, of course, but most of the civilians who died that day were people above the point of impact who were trapped up there and had no choice in the matter. The people below the point of impact, even as they were being told to stay in place and wait for the authorities that largely never came, they largely, almost entirely, organized themselves, and evacuated the building in an orderly, dare one say, perfect manner. They, they took care of business themselves, as people almost always do in these situations. It's notable that of all the people who died that day, of all the civilians who died who were in the World Trade Center before the impact, very few of them were from below the points of impact. And many of those were heart attacks. Uh, it, it's, it's uncanny how well they organized themselves. And it's interesting. I'll be writing about this on my blog this week. Another article that actually came out in May of 2020 by a fellow named Jason Miggs. 
entitled Elite Panic versus the Resilient Populace. It came out in Commentary Magazine about a year and a half ago, going on two years. It's an interesting story, similar to the World Trade Center story. A, talk, a discussion of the Anchorage earthquake. Now, it's largely forgotten among non-disaster addicts these days, but it was the strongest earthquake recorded in North America. It came in just off the Alaska coast at 5 p.m. on March 27, 1964. It was a 9.2 magnitude earthquake, and it lasted four and a half minutes. That's insane. Usually earthquakes are seconds, maybe minutes. Aftershocks may go on for hours, but the actual earthquake itself usually lasts seconds, maybe 30 seconds to a minute is a big earthquake. 9.2 for four and a half minutes. The tectonic forces reshaped the Alaska coastline then and there and and sent tsunamis wiping out villages and uh, killing people as far south as California. Now, Anchorage was only 70 miles away, 75 miles away from the epicenter, right on shore, obviously. It's a, it's a harbor town, and it was devastated. Had a population of 100,000 back then, the only, then as now, the only real large city in the state. Had had a construction boom because, of course, north to Alaska was a big song back then. By the way, the newest buildings turned out to be the ones that collapsed the first. At sunset that night, which, by the way, didn't come long after the earthquake, this city was completely shattered. There were thousands of homeless people. One entire neighborhood had fallen down a hill as the soil underneath it turned to, well, sludge. The J.C. Penney store uh, collapsed in stages, just falling apart bit by bit by bit for hours on end. Fourth Avenue, the city's, eh, let's just say, entertainment district, just split right down the middle. A big hole in the earth right down the middle of the street. Let's talk about the, the, the reaction of the elites versus that of the normies. When we come back, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your real estate chalk talk where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HittnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of the Jenna Ellis show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. 
Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. When it comes to investing in your house, do you want to know what one of the most confusing items there is to make decisions on? Windows. We are talking massive price swings, every salesperson telling you something vastly different, and very little useful information online, which opens the door for salespeople to overcharge you. Hi, I'm Ryan with My Three Quotes, an expert on your side. I've worked with many of the top window brands and installers in the Twin Cities and can give you the pros and cons of each. That's what you get when you call me to stop by and measure your windows. We'll talk options that best fit your needs, whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, and you'll receive quotes from multiple contractors just a few days later. There's no obligation to buy, but if you do, I'll be there to help you write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, I provide the same free service for siding and roofing. Window lead times are extra long right now, so set up an appointment today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. AM 12A, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488 or hashtag NarnShow on Twitter, Gab, MeWe, Parler, and Getter, all of the social media platforms I'm personally aware of that haven't gone under. Uh, I'm, I'm not on my of space. I'm, I'm not on... What others were there? I can't remember anymore. It doesn't matter. And I'm on Facebook right now. We are broadcasting live uh, the web stream, broadcasting the web stream live at the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Just check that out by going to Northern Alliance Radio Network uh, on Facebook. And the live stream is right there where uh, Brent in St. Paul, uh, Wild in uh, in Texas, and, uh, of course, Matt and uh, Matt? Matt in uh, San Diego. We've got two Matts. In San Diego, who popped up for these shout-outs here, it just gets more and more. Oh, and Bernadette, by the way. Uh, Bernadette from, I forget where you're at, up north somewhere, as I recall. Uh, great to have all of you uh, tuned in via the uh, live stream. I've been, that's been a fun experiment over the last few months. I want to find a way to expand it here. Anyway, I should point out, by the way, uh, my band, Elephant in the Room. It's interesting. We had gigs back-to-back, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, of course, uh, we, rang in, uh, we rang out the old year at the Fridley Legion in Fridley. I had a great time. The weather was terrible, but the crowd was awesome. We had some great people show up. We had a blast. Actually, it kept getting better and better as the night went along, which is not the way bars usually work on nights when uh, the roads are that terrible. It was an awesome night. And the next night, we rang in 2022 at Neeson's in uh, the Savage. Savage. We had a blast there. Again, the weather was terrible. It was like 10 below by the time we loaded out. So it was not the huge crowd we had last summer. But the right people showed up. We had a riot. Not literally, figuratively. We had a great time. And as of then, we had almost nothing booked. We had like a private party booked sometime in uh, February, uh, no, August coming up. And that was it. I mean, eight months off. Well, that changed over this past week. We've got three gigs to report, and they're all coming up pretty quick. Actually, four to report, three of them fairly soon. So, real quick here. Two weeks from tonight, we're going to be at the Stillwater Bowl. That's right, back at Stillwater. We were the last band to play there before the pandemic, and I believe we're going to be the first band to play there after the pandemic. They like us at Stillwater. We like the Stillwater Bowl. 
two weeks from tonight, January 29th, Stillwater Bowl. It's just south of 36 on Omaha. It's a place that looks like a bowling alley because it's a bowling alley, but it's also a great rock and roll venue. I'll have to have you come out there for that. Miss that? Well, we got a new club coming up on uh, February 11th. We're going to be at the Bloomington VFW on 85th between Lindale and uh, Lindale Nicollet in uh, Bloomington, just across uh, behind the Cub Foods down there. It's the it's the VFW with a 57-millimeter anti-tank gun out front. There, if that helps you. So uh, that uh, we're going to be there uh, Friday, February 11th from 7 to 11. And again, back out to the Fridley Legion on uh, February 25th. It's a Friday night from, I believe, 8 till midnight. We're going to be out the Legion again. That's going to be fun. Plus, we're going to be back at Neeson's again, but that's going to be out this summer. We'll talk about that a little later, give you something to look forward to. Anyway, three different gigs in the next five weeks. Hope you can come out and see us. We've been having a blast playing, and uh, we've got some other clubs potentially popping up for us here. So, uh, talking about the panic, well, the panic of Karen, I mean, the addiction to panic and to crisis that Karen seems to have, and the the portion of big Karen that is in power, we will call them the elites with scare quotes around them, they're as addicted to crisis as anyone. And we'll talk about that in a moment here because they've not only addicted to crisis, but addicted to assuming that you're panicky. And we talked about the example of the World Trade Center, where the going assumption among the powers that be in New York City and really every city that had sky still has it, sky rises, sky high rise skyscrapers, thank you is that people are going to be a bunch of panicky cattle, like a herd of longhorns in a thunderstorm, and their first hint of trouble, they're going to stampede, trample each other, start shooting, whatever it takes. Take every cartoon you can have of panicky crowds. That's the assumption big elite thinks of you. And it was true in 1964, after the Anchorage earthquake, the the, great, the worst earthquake in the history of North America, 9.2 for four minutes, shook the city of Atlanta, of Anchorage, Alaska, like, I don't know, like, what's an example, a metaphor for something that shakes until it destroys something? Horrible. Hor- there's, it's incomparable. I mean, you look at the photographs of Anchorage at that point, after that earthquake, it's just devastation, like you can hardly imagine. It's hard to describe. It's impossible to describe. And in a piece entitled Elite Panic versus the Resilient Populace by Jason Miggs in Commentary Magazine, which I'll be writing about it, Shot in the Dark Info this coming week. He relates the story. Almost as soon as the staking, uh, I, I quote here, almost as soon as the shaking stopped, city officials began worrying about how the populace would respond. With every shop window broken, would looters ransack the local merchants? Would citizens panic at the sight of the dead or wounded? Police quickly deputized a group of volunteers, some of them freshly emerged from those 4th Avenue bars, as ad hoc police officers. They put on armbands, the word police emblazoned in lipstick. A few of them were even given firearms. And off they went to try to protect the city from the inevitable post-disaster crime wave. The Anchorage officials weren't being unusual paranoid uh, by the standards of the day, by the way. At the time, this is Jason Miggs' article, Continuing to quote, at the time, most experts believed that any major disaster would cause, quote, a mass outbreak of hysterical neurosis among the civilian population, end quote, as social scientist uh, uh, Richard M. Temis had uh, put some years earlier. Shocked by carnage and desperate for food and shelter, 
people would, quote, behave like frightened and unsatisfied children, end quote. Only firm control by powerful authorities would keep the lid on such dangerous situations. Of course, there were countless counterexamples, such as the uh, quiet determination Londoners, ex- Londoners exhibited under uh, British air, ra- excuse me, German air attacks during the Blitz during World War II. But that did little to change the perception. Quote, fear of public panic remains common today. Disaster literature bulges with examples from Hurricane Katrina to the 2011 Japan, uh, Japanese tsunami to the current coronavirus pandemic in which officials suppressed information or passed along misinformation out of concern for an unruly populace. I threw in the example of 9-11, pre-9-11 skyscraper rules. But it's all the same idea, this idea on the part of officialdom that you, the normie, are going to be a panicky herd animal in the event of a crisis. And in fact, they count on that. They count on leveraging your panic to their their benefit. This is not some conspiracy. This is basic crisis management. I, I know people in the crisis management business, not naming names, because I don't know if they're going to necessarily approve of my take on this. But one of the things that public health authorities do, emergency control authorities, but especially public health authorities because they're in the news, they're the ones calling the shots in places like Minneapolis and St. Paul with these pinheaded vaccine mandates. The first two plays in their playbook are, number one, tell people that you're going to die if you don't follow their their playbook, that you're going to die maybe in a very gruesome, grotesque way at that. In other words, count on you to panic in the face of a crisis and do what you're told. Number two, the second play in their playbook is to tell you your children are at grave risk. And, I mean, this is not science. This is public relations. Play on people's fears. Play on people's emotions. Harness their panic to do and their fear and their anxiety to do your work for you if you are a crisis communicator, which is what most public health people are. Yeah, there are scientists. Yes, the Center for Disease Control has people in lab coats who do lab experiments, and a lot of that work is actually pretty good. They've gotten a bad name because of the way they've handled their PR messaging this last year. On balance, they do more, much more good than harm. But... They are victims of this same official arrogance that that we're describing in this article in Commentary Magazine by James Meggs. Uh, Quote, Anchorage quickly became a kind of open-air laboratory for testing this public panic hypothesis. Within 36 hours, a team of scientists arrived to study not the earthquake, but how the locals responded. Expecting chaos, the sociologists were puzzled to find the residents calmly almost cheerfully pitching in to help. Writer John Mwellum uh, ably tells the story in his new book, This is Chance, the Shaking of an All-American City, a voice that held it all together. I'll, I'll, I'll go into details about the article on my blog this coming week. Today, as government, it's, it's a story about a, t- a TV reporter in, in Anchorage who, whose voice, giving out unvarnished factual information, 
Help the city of Anchorage hold it all together. Anyway, uh, today, says Mr. Meggs, quote, as governments and individuals alike struggle with the pandemic, Mualem's book is a helpful reminder that not all solutions need to be implemented by our highest authorities. Ordinary people can make extraordinary contributions if we trust them. The calm center, by the way, of Mualem's tale is uh, TV and radio announcer Jeannie Chance. At the time, 36 years old, Chance was already a minor celebrity in Alaska. The earthquake caught her in her car running downtown uh, with her uh, son, Wins. Wins Chance. Yep, yep. Crazy names in Alaska back then. Yes, sir. Together, they watched as chunks of the JCPenney facade crashed to the street. Scary. She rushed her son home where uh, he joined her two younger children. Leaving all three in the care of a neighbor and trusting her husband would get home soon, Chance then hurried back downtown. She needed to shoot pictures for the evening broadcast. Uh, she went on to go on the air for the, the, the remainder of the crisis and got on the air as soon as her station got the, uh, the, the generator up and going uh, and did something that has been in short supply in this public health pandemic. Supplied the citizens of Anchorage with accurate, unvarnished information, not intended to elicit panic to get them to follow the, the, the officials will, but actually to, to, to respond effectively. And and they did to the absolute amazement of the powers that be, who, by the way, behaved largely disgracefully in, in some ways. We'll talk about that when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hey, carpe diem. Awesome. That means we're going fishing, eh? No, carpe diem. It's Latin. It means to seize the day, like do it now, which is what you got to do if you want a custom-built Arctic spa from Premier Pool and Spa. That's kind of like ASAP, eh? Yeah, now you got it. Due to the increased demand for Arctic spas, you should order your custom-built spa now. So call Premier Pool and Spa and pick the color you want, the size, the kind of LED lighting, the number of pumps and jets, all that stuff. Hey, that's like over 2 million combinations. That's right. Do it today, because the early bird gets the worm, you know. Nice worms. That means we are going fishing, eh? Oh, Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? PremierPools.com. PremierPools.com. Unless you've visited our studios, you probably haven't seen how clean they are. But I assure you, you can hear it. Hey, I'm Trevor Kay, checking in on behalf of Forever Cleaning. Tasha and the team at Forever Cleaning are a big part of why we sound so fantastic on air. I mean, have you ever heard a dusty microphone? Not here, you haven't. It sounds something like this. No good, right? But Forever Cleaning's attention to detail goes beyond the studios and this microphone. Our break room is clean and inviting, the office areas are orderly and organized, and the bathrooms, they're always spotless. If you need Forever Cleaning's expert care in your office or store, or you just want to make certain your mic sounds as good as mine, reach out to Tasha and her expert team today at forevercleaning.com. That's the number 4, EVRcleaning.com. Or call 763-807-9817 to schedule your free walkthrough and quote. 
Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join us, won't you please? Uh, by the way, we are here. I've had Jack Tomczak coming up next year at the top of the hour. Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow from 1 to 3. King Banyan, 9 to 11, Saturday mornings on AM 1440, The Businessman. We're everywhere, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Anyway, we're talking uh, about elite panic and the resilience of all of us normals out there. This is an article uh, that I will be blogging about this coming week by James Miggs in Commentary Magazine. A uh, link will be coming out, I don't know, probably Tuesday at shotinthedark.info. Now, it's it's the story... It's the story of the Alaska earthquake of 1964, the worst earthquake in American history, actually in the history of North America, as far as it has been recorded. And it refers heavily to a book about a woman, uh, a, a TV and radio correspondent, who went about the business of reporting information. Now, Meg goes on to point out that the Ms. Chance, quote, didn't relay everything she'd seen or knew. Her listeners had all gone through traumatic experiences, she later wrote, quote, to add to it, a description of blood and gore would just cause panic. We could not have panic. And in this view, she was at least partially in sync with the officials at the public safety building. For the police, however, uh, fear of public chaos outweighed, at least initially, concern for possible victims. Before dispatching those casually deputized, often intoxicated citizens to keep order in the streets, the Anchorage police chief suspended the search for survivors in damaged buildings. Quote, arguably, the city was protecting its ruins from looters more conscientiously than it was looking for people trapped in them, said the author Muellum. Disaster researchers, by the way, have a term for this, elite panic. When citizens, authorities rather, believe, I'm quoting Miggs here again, when authorities believe their own citizens will become dangerous, they tend to focus on controlling the public rather than on addressing the disaster itself. They clamp down on information. Huh. Restrict freedom of movement. And devote unnecessary energy to enforcing laws they assume are about to be broken. Huh. It's almost like I've got this feeling of deja vu here. Huh. Clamping down on information kind of like Facebook and Twitter have been doing for the last 20 months. Restrict freedom of movement? Oh, hello, New York City. Hello, airlines. And devote unnecessary energy to enforcing laws they assume are about to be broken? Hello, Mayors Fry and Carter. Hello, Attorney General Ellison. These strategies don't, by this is Meg's again here, these strategies don't just waste resources, one study notes, quote, they also undermine the public's capacity for resilient behaviors. In other words, nervous officials can actively impede 
ordinary people trying to help themselves and their neighbors. We saw this, by the way, in the early days of the pandemic. Americans on their own adopted wearing masks faster and more completely than the than any other Western democracy, any other Western country, period. More than any country outside of the Asian rim. When it seemed like it was a good idea that might have some effect, they did it on their own. In war, says Megs, the first casualty in disasters is often the truth. Oh, boy, don't we know it. One symptom of elite panic is the belief that too much information or the wrong kind of information will send citizens reeling. After the 2011 tsunami knocked out Japan's Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, officials gave the series of confusing briefings. Sound familiar? To many, they seem to be downplaying the amount of radiation released in the accident. In the end, the radiation risk turned out to be much lower than feared, resulting in no civilian deaths, zero. But by then, the traumatized public had lost faith in official state. Whoa! Deja vu, anyone? I'm spinning here. As one team of researchers noted, any perceived lack of information provision increases public anxiety and distrust. So you have that phenomenon. Elite panic leading to an embargo of information leading to the rumor mill taking over. It happened in Anchorage. It happened after Fukushima. It happened, by the way, in British India in 1942 when the authorities, British and, and Indian authorities, worried about ja uh, Japanese uh, invaders coming out of Burma to invade India proper, which happened clamped down on information uh, about the availability of rice, the staple of the diet in the area, which, notwithstanding the fact there was plenty of rice available to feed everyone, led to immense hoarding, immense misinformation exacerbated by Japanese propaganda, which was supplied to the area profusely, and led to one of the great famines of the 20th century with two million dead none of whom needed to die of starvation because of what? I don't want to see the same hands here every time, people. Elite panic. Uh, Miggs goes on. Elite panic frequently brings out another unsavory quirk on the part of some authorities, a tendency to believe the worst about their own citizens. In the midst of Hurricane Katrina in uh, 2005, New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagan Ray, stuck on stupid Negan, found time to go on Oprah Winfrey's show and lament hooligans killing people, raping people in the Superdome. Public officials and the media credulously repeated rumors about street violence, snipers shooting at helicopters, and hundreds of bodies piled up at the dome, all of which turned out to be complete baked wind. Arguably tinged by racism, says Miggs, but the stories had an impact. Away from the media's cameras, a massive rescue effort made of who? Normies, freelance volunteers, Coast Guard helicopters, first responders, and just plain schmucks was underway across the city. But, says Miggs, city officials fearing attacks on the rescuers frequently delayed the operations. Miggs goes through an episode where, in the middle of the mayor and the police department in Anchorage, ordering their intoxicated pack of drunks they had deputized as auxiliary police uh, while they were telling people to stop rescuing people, a group of people found a woman trapped in a station wagon under a concrete slab. 
And on their own, a group of people, themselves deputizing uh, unofficially a couple of tow trucks, figured how to, how to split the slab and pull it away from the truck and somehow cut open the top of the smashed stage, smashed about as flat as Joe Biden's approval ratings and extricate the woman without the aid of a single first responder and get her to the hospital through the ruined streets and grievously injured though she was, she lived a normal full life without the help of a single official paramedic. The normies, the lessons tells us, are resilient despite the best efforts of our, quote, elites, end quote. I'll be writing about that at great depth this coming week at shotinthedark.info, maybe one of my patented multi-part episodes because it's so important. And we're seeing the flip side, the bad side, the evil side of this pathology on the part of our elite in Minneapolis and St. Paul. They don't trust you to take care of yourselves. They're going to rely on the sense of panic on their parts and on the part of the self-appointed elites that we call Big Karen. How do you suppose it's going to turn out here, folks? I'll be there to remind you. By the way, as I said, if you're a restaurateur, a bar owner who wants to defy quietly the mandates, have your people call my people. I'll pass the word around. Thanks for tuning in. Jack Tomzak up next. God bless you all. God bless America. Give your student the math help they need with this special half-price offer from Mathnasium and AM 1280 The Patriot. This offer includes a full Mathnasium assessment, registration, and two sessions per week for seven months. You'll save as much as $1,800. There's only one offer available per Mathnasium Center. To find the Mathnasium near you, go to the station's website and look under Advertisers. Or you can call the station now for more information. This is a half-price offer from Mathnasium, the math learning center. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Cal. Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. Staff Keaton. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve.
AFreserve.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack, oh, Rack Shack barbecue. Make fresh daily care to you. Homemade sauce secret rubs too. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Oh, AM 1280, The Patriot.